Good evening and welcome to Let's Talk Cricket here on Free Valleys Radio. And absolutely delighted. This is going to be an absolutely fantastic podcast. I'm really looking forward to this one this evening. We are going to be discussing all things domestic cricket this evening. We're going to be parking all the preparations for the World T20. And we've got some fantastic guests lined up this evening to really start to sort of number crunch and start to really think about actually what was the domestic team of the year. And when we're talking about the domestic team of the year, we are definitely not talking about T20 cricket. We're not talking about 50 over cricket. We are talking about the traditional game, which is four-day cricket, which now for one of our guests, it's going to be a really, really important sticking point tonight, this evening. So as always, we're delighted to be joined by Johnny Scowan. Good evening, Johnny. How are you? Good evening, George. Delighted. That's nice. You're never normally so uh, so generous in your praise. Uh, but I'm well, thank you, mate. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, all looking quite well. Like I said, we've got quite a nice bit of a panel going on this evening, haven't we? We're going up in the world. <laughs> it's nice to have some company. Um, yeah, unfortunately, no more uh, are we going to get to the, the delight to the Somerset coaching staff, or at least for a while. So where's Tango gone now? Is he off to it's Zimbabwe, isn't it? He's officially in Zimbabwe, yeah. Officially in Zimbabwe. Which is very exciting. Is he go, he's going out to Australia first for the World Cup? Out for Australia first in the World Cup, yes. Yeah. So he's going to be facing Josh Davey quite soon and Scotland side, obviously helping with, helping Zimbabwe with their preparations going from there. So we're all going to see that. We're hoping, if we possibly can, potentially maybe catch up with him in Australia at some point if we can get it to work and let, get times to work. So more for that to follow in potential. Of course, also delighted to be joined by uh, Matt Roberts. Of course, many of you would have heard Matt's lovely voice uh, only on Tuesday last week when he was covering Dorking versus Yeovil. What a great game that was, Matt, wasn't it? I've, uh, I'm the, the king of the one-all draw, aren't I, away for Yeovil at the moment? And uh, Sam Pearson's favourite person is he keeps scoring when I go. Uh, but yeah, really, really enjoyable. Um, and I'm lucky enough to get to tour some cricket tonight. Absolutely. But the reason why we're all here. And then finally, our final guest making his uh, debut on our cricket on our cricket podcast we've uh we've mentioned him a few times for being the main reason behind uh behind perhaps my run out situation this season but we are absolutely delighted to have the second team captain of our mind Jones cricket side joining us this evening for his brilliant insight which i know is gonna be really good to hear and i know he's already tried to wind me up beforehand in the pre pre-build up to this uh to this debate so good evening nick how are you yeah, very well. Thank you, George. And uh, I'd say great to be on the show. Looking forward to uh, sharing a, a few thoughts with yourself and uh, some of our listeners. But uh, I, I think uh, before uh, we, we set for set uh, two on the podcast, uh, George, I should um, really bring up a, an area of karma for uh, our run out situation, which is what George has not mentioned is uh, having reached 299 runs for the season. Uh, I took off for a quick single. Um, bowler picked up. Shied uh, at the stumps, took uh, bales off, and uh, yeah, I was run out um, one short of the 300 run milestone. So um, I think what goes around comes around on that front, George. <laughs> Indeed, it does. And thank you very much for sharing. So, of course, uh, the, the cricket season has officially ended, and it's come to a point where we often see on lots of various different cricket um, cricket websites, various sort of decisions being made for fans to the sort of decide who is in their best team for the season. And I know, I'm hoping this evening we're going to have lots of different thoughts and lots of different considerations on this. And obviously, hopefully from this, we'll start to have a bit of a clearer picture about who perhaps should be pushing for an England place a bit later on next year and who's obviously some of the strong players that we've seen coming through from this way. So everyone that's on here tonight has gone away, done a bit of research. 
and they're going to be looking to try and explain to you, the listeners this evening, who should be in each team. And we're going to start by working our way through the openers, all the way down to obviously our bowlers. So I think we'll start with Johnny first, just because he's used to this sort of way and how we go. Johnny, who's opening the batting for your team of the year, please? Uh, my owners, I'm going for a slight uh, South African-born theme. Uh, number one is the uh, the man who's going to be opening uh, for England and Pakistan. Uh, it's Keaton Jennings. Uh, he'll make a triumphant return to the test side. Uh, a pretty good, uh, another pretty good county championship start for him. Uh, 1,233 runs, an average of 72.52. Five centuries, a high score of 300 odd. I think it's a no-brainer that he makes the team, particularly playing as he was uh, in a Lancashire team and helping strengthen their title ambitions, which are unfortunately uh, thwarted uh, by Surrey. Uh, same as Hampshire, but uh, we'll do that another day, I think. Uh, joining him... Uh, in my second opening slot is Ben Compton. Again, a big breakout season for him. Uh, another South African-born batsman. Slightly worse record than Keaton Jennings this year, but that's a very marginal case. Uh, just shy of 1,200 runs. An average of over 50, four centuries. Again, a really stellar performance. I think perhaps not quite joining the England team this year. Another couple of good seasons in the county championship first. Uh, but those two, I think, strengthening my one and two slots. should imagine there's no debate there, Georgie. I'm sure there will be. And uh, Matt, what do you make of Johnny's uh, one and two opening stance there? Well, I've I've got one who's exactly the same uh, and one is different. So obviously, when we planned this, obviously, George, you shared with us your uh, your side. So I try to go completely different to yours and not pick anyone. But I did go for Keaton Jennings um, and I was quite surprised he wasn't in yours. Um, and like I say with Johnny there, that I think the England recall, especially in the subcontinent, in November is is pretty much well. It's going to have to be guaranteed, surely. Um, the other person I went for uh, is obviously part of the the winning side for Division Two, but uh, Hasib Hamid. So he scored um, a very similar amount of runs to Keaton Jennings, so twelve hundred and thirty five, four hundreds, highest score of one hundred ninety six, only averaging forty two. But I just was quite impressed with. He must have been pretty disappointed after being dropped um, from England in the winter. Still really young, um, and I'm just really, really pleased that he's he's done well. And I actually would quite like to see him in the future get another go for England. Um, and I think he will do at some point, definitely. But um, I just think off the back of a, a pretty disappointing winter um, in Australia, it was a, a really good season for him. OK, and obviously from there, both of you have sort of gone for former England openers. And obviously both have sort of potentially mentioned Kington Jennings getting a recall. Is that is that really something we should be expecting to see on the cards? Is that opening slot definitely still available? And have these potential openers that you've picked so far have they um, have they made have they made enough of a sort of case there, Johnny? Do you think? I I I'm always a I think we've spoken about this a few times. I'm always a fan of the horses for courses argument, whereby you pick your players who are either in form or good for the conditions they're heading towards. Now, admittedly, Jennings hasn't been tested in Pakistan. His centuries were Sri Lanka. Uh, I believe. Um, so it will be a slightly different uh, setting and context to what he's used to. Uh, but I think his contributions this year shouldn't be ignored, uh, nor should England's current opening partnership consider themselves safe. I think uh, uh, Zach Crawley and Alex Lees have done little uh, so far to cement themselves as, as as nailed on starters. I think as the incumbents, they will probably play the first test. But I think another couple of failures away, uh, we're not altogether sure how it's going to play out. So I think Jennings, 
they could do a lot worse than taking him, particularly as he's a player in form. He's been in and out of the international setup before, uh, and he will, I think, thrive in Pakistani batting conditions uh, in a way that Crawley and Lees, uh, with their comparative inexperience in the game, I think might not. Jennings, I think, approaching 30 now. So he's been on the county circuit much longer uh, than the other two. So I, I would be inclined to say he at least makes the squad. Um, such as my influence is, you know, of course, uh, they're going to listen. The chairman of selectors will take that all on board. Um, ben Compton, I think, a few seasons away yet. You know, there's still very much a breakout season for him. There's no guarantee that next year will be the same. I think if he can maintain this consistency over a couple of Red Bull summers, then you might see him break through. But for now, I think Jennings being added as a potential opener would be a good option. Uh, I would be inclined to not take Hasib Hamid, um, but that is my personal inclination. Matt may disagree. I think, um, to be honest, Hamid wasn't really on my radar for this upcoming tour. Um, he was a pretty decent player of spin, but I think I think Jennings is the is definitely the one who will look to get the nod ahead of anyone else. And you know, Johnny made a really good point there when you've got. Um, I think McCullum's made it very clear that he's going to stick with Crawley, um, and obviously the last knock he had in the summer was it was a fairly decent one. I just like Alex Lees is just a strange one for me. It's just like doesn't really fit into the the way that McCullum seems to want him to play. Um, and like I say his, his average and highest score etc isn't isn't great either. And yeah, he hasn't had loads of chances, but he still had a fair whack. Um, and I think you can't really. I mean, what message does it give to the the, the boys that have played counter championship cricket all summer if they're not even going to get a look in? So um, Keaton Jennings definitely for me. Um, his England record's not is not bad if you know if you compare it to to the two that are, that are opening at the moment. So um, yeah, too too early for Hamid, and obviously he's really really young. I just think that in future, hopefully, you know it'll, it'll be good to see him back in at some point. But I think with the the some of these had Keaton Jennings has definitely got to be given a go. And uh, Nick, your sort of thoughts on obviously on this debate we've just had here, but also your opening pair. Yeah, I think picking up on the uh, England debate first, um, it's always striking a balance with consistency of selection. It seems to me, England, um, you either have a scenario where a player plays three or four tests. And if you look at the openers, we, we don't want to be back to the days of Adam Lythe, Michael Carberry given one series and then cast aside. At the same time, we don't want a scenario where it's harder to get out the England side than it is to get in. And poor old Zach Crawley at certain stages over the summer um, really did look to be struggling. And um as you say, uh, a half century in the last test, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a sufficient weight to guarantee us an opening slot uh, on the next uh, tour. And in, in that respect, Keaton Jennings has got all, all, all the ability to play spin. Um, and uh, coming back to the county championship team of the year would certainly be uh, my number one opener for all the reasons stated by Matt uh, and Johnny. My, my second choice at opener, however... Um, Slightly different uh, player going down to uh, Division 2 here, and that's uh, Sean Massoud. He only played eight games for Derbyshire, but scoring 1,074 runs. It is a county who, you know, I feel probably outperformed and exceeded expectations. I think they were 40 points off promotion, um, but the the foundation that he was able to give that team uh, at the top of the order, uh, I think it probably helped other players within that setup thrive. Wayne Madsen having a great season, Brooke Guest having a great season, but um, Sean Masood really setting the tone at the top of the order and um, he's my uh, opener. Um, Just a word on Ben Compton. Uh, Again, his start to the season, I run a fantasy competition and um, 
six weeks into the season in the transfer window we held, people were clamouring over Compton. Um, but looking at his record, I think the first six games, he scored 878 runs, average of 110 there or thereabouts. Uh, then we get into T20 cricket during June and some of the shorter formats. And I just felt this, we're looking at season-long awards. I felt that as we got into the second half of the season, the last seven games he played, 315 runs and an average of 22 and a half. And um, uh, unfortunately, couldn't quite rekindle the form that we saw from him in April and May. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously as well, going back to that point, obviously being setting up your fantasy cricket league that you do, um, would did you sort? Would you say it's been quite a difficult summer then for openers uh, in England, or has it just been a typical summer for England openers in the county championship? No, I mean I think certain openers have absolutely thrived, George. And some of the pitches we had that were very benign in April and May, it caught everyone out by surprise. So you tend to think that uh, some of your seamers will, will do very well in those conditions. The likes of Chris Chris Rushworth, for instance, up at Durham normally gets a hatful of wickets, Tim Murter at Middlesex. But the pitches tended to be very flat. The ball didn't do very much. And I think the openers really cashed in during that period. But the, the test is often looking at openers and what they score on difficult pitches. And, you know, another player has not been mentioned who I thought had an, another excellent season for Essex on some difficult pitches is Alistair Cook. And um, again, if his name came up in conversation, I think def- definitely a worthy mention to him. So um, really depending, I think beginning of the season, better for openers. But as we got into September, we saw some of the low scores and how, how hard batting could be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously taking them to the team that I shared with you guys, try and spice up this sort of the conversation we had initially. I obviously went for Sharma Sood as well at Derbyshire for the exact reasons that Nick mentioned. Obviously, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do at Yorkshire next season. Captain number, it's going to be really, really exciting to see. And obviously, then I also went for Ben Compton. So, obviously, that's uh, that's two votes. Obviously, two votes for Compton. That's two votes for Sharma Sood. And that's two votes for Jennings. But also, then that's one vote as well for Hamid. So obviously that's the current situation we're looking at at the moment. We can try and probably come to a bit more of an agree- agreement on the side of there. But just some other worthy mentions. Obviously, as mentioned, Alistair Cook of Essex, 925 runs and 400s this season. Fenomano Gay of Northamptonshire, 821 runs, 200s this season. We've had Luke Wells of Lancashire, 955 runs and 300s, and then obviously Rory Burns as well. How can we forget Rory Burns? 763 runs and 300. So those are all potential candidates we could have had, opening pair. Um, I'm going to say Hamid's out because he's only got one vote. So we've got an opening pair then of deciding between uh, Jennings, Masood, and Compton. And I, I think we're going to try and, try and come to a point... Oh, sorry, hold on, no. Sorry, Jennings is in. He's got three votes. Apologies, that's Jennings. Jennings is definitely Jennings is definitely there. So it's now deciding between Compton and Masood. Matt, which uh, which way are you going to go? As you have no interest as such, because your number two's gone. I I had I had Ali Kirk and then crossed him out for Hamid. But then I I would have picked um, Shah Mahmood if you uh, Masood. Sorry, if you didn't have him. So okay. yeah, is that what we're going for? John, are you happy with that? Uh, democracy has spoken, George. <laughs> democracy has spoken. There we go. All right, then. With that in mind, then, Matt, going to turn to you. I think what we'll do, uh, just we, I think we might take our three, four, and five uh, as a package. And what are you looking for, first of all, in a county championship sort of middle order of such? 
definitely just solid technique. Um, and you just want you want consistency, really, don't you? And um, you know for well that being a Hampshire fan in myself, that the the top order was really stressful this year. Um, and it was actually the you know the the five, the six, and the seven, and sometimes the eight, nine, and ten that were really bailing them out. So um, it would be quite nice. I mean, it seems uh, strange to look at my three, four, and five and think, oh, they might actually get some runs. Um, but my um, so my th- number three was Sam Hain. Um, a really really solid year. I've definitely mentioned on here as well. I, I think he is definitely England's in the future, potentially in more than one format. Um, but 1,137 runs, 300s, highest score of 202, averaging 63 in a side that, you know, struggled a little bit as well. Um, so he is definitely one of mine. Um, I then also went with Ben Duckett. So just over 1,000 runs, 300s again, high score of 241, averaging 72. Um, and obviously managed to get that uh, recall into the England test squad. Didn't obviously play, did he? But then, um, like I say, he seems to be back in favour. Um, for Australia in the 2020 side as well. So um, it's nice to see him back scoring some runs. He always looks, you know, pretty good. In fact, he's a left-hander as well. Um, obviously, we don't know the reasons as to why he was given a go. And then, you know, it was disciplinary reasons, wasn't it, we were given. But I think he would definitely be potentially now the best. Those injured, at least on the plane to Pakistan as well. And then my number five was Wayne Madsen at the age of 38. Um, just been around for ages and ages and just a bit of a, a cult hero, isn't he? But he had a brilliant year. So 12, uh, sorry, 1,273 runs, 300s, 1050s as well, which shows you know, how consistent he was. High score of 176 and averaging 61 is basically a bit of a county championship legend. So that's why I put him in there. Okay. And obviously, think of, think of that then, Nick, your, your next slots for batting? Yeah, just to uh, echo uh, Matt's thoughts there on uh, certainly Wayne Madsen, uh, a real legend and uh, again, a fancy uh, cricket favourite for for many, many years. And uh, yeah, it's it's a a strange one because Derbyshire, uh, I don't think I've had an international player since Dominic Cork in the mid-90s, but uh, you you always look at Wayne Madsen and think, oh, maybe uh, England could have taken a look at him at uh, some point in the past uh, 10 or 12 years. But yeah, my top three, um, or, or rather middle order, First player I've gone for is a player who started the season uh, on fire, got called up by England, and uh, we hardly saw him ever since because although he got called up for England, uh, poor old Harry Brook, I think, ended up playing one game, uh, certainly in the Test uh, series. Um, but uh, th- th- this is really the way I see county cricket working and the way it should work, which is players are in form, players with a bit of quality, which Harry Brook undoubtedly has in uh, abundance should be those that uh, the first to, to be called up into the England squad. And it was only through the good form of others uh, in that middle order that uh, probably kept him out from making more appearances over the summer. But his county record, eight games, 967 runs. And the bit I can't ignore is that average of 107.44. So an absolute run machine. Not his fault that he got called, called up for England. And who knows, had he not been called up, maybe 1,500 runs, 1,600 runs, 2,000 runs. Um and it was, I, I think his departure probably led or was a big chunk in, in terms of Yorkshire's uh, eventual relegation. My number four is a player that um, we, we've already heard uh, mentioned, which is Sam Hain. Um, completely echo Matt's thoughts. 
Uh, how this guy has not played for England, I have no idea. Um, traditionally known as a white ball cricketer and a fantastic white ball cricketer at that. Um, I'm told that he doesn't play the right way for England. Well, you tell me what the right way is because his white ball record's fantastic. Uh, and I'm not going to repeat the stats quote, quoted by Matt, but he did very well in a struggling Warwickshire side. And, and I think the Warwickshire fans think very highly of him and rightly so. Uh, however, my number five is a real left field selection, and that is Anuj Dal of Derbyshire. Um, he played 13 games, scored 957 runs, average of 73.61. But the thing I like about this lad is he's not a bad bowler either, uh, taking 34 wickets at 29.88 apiece. So to be averaging 73 uh, with bat, less than 30 with the ball, um, fantastic all-round cricketer. And um, it's probably an indication of where I'm going to go with my side because there's a lot of players that can bat and bowl a bit here. But uh, again, fantastic season for Derbyshire. I've already said, I think uh, this season they punched above their weight a little bit. But I'm also conscious, I'm going to probably be upsetting a few Glamorgan fans who are listening uh, I know they were nine points off um, promotion Sam Northeast uh, again another person that uh, w- was very close to recognition made a fantastic innings of 410 and there's not many in county cricket that have ever scored 400 so um, yep Sam Northeast very much um, in contention but it is about consistency of performances and um, for me Dal gets a nod and do you think there's much of a difference between division one and division two yeah, I, I mean, I think when you are facing a bowling attack, um, uh, and again, I, I don't wish, wish to pick on particular teams, but let's take some of the top teams. When you're facing the Kemar Roaches and the Jamie Overton's international cricketers or the Keith Barkers, Mohamed Abbas, Kyle Abbott's uh, this world again, two proven international bowlers and the, the fantastic Keith Barker as well. Um, that's probably a little bit more of a test than, um, shall we say, I'm not going to name the counties, but those that are um, struggling, we know who they are near the bottom of Division 2. Absolutely, I think there is a difference in quality, Uh, albeit, yeah, I I think Nottinghamshire and Middlesex will will go very well in Division 1 next season. They, 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 They really do have quality in their bowling attacks. And Johnny, your your next three batters? My next two, I've gone for a slightly more gritty and attritional county championship lineup. So uh, first drop, uh, a position he's found himself in uh, for not a lot of runs and a few wickets down this season is uh, Tom Abel, who I'm also uh, putting in my side for his captaincy credentials as well. Uh, so Abel in at three, which I'm sure will be music to George's ears. Um, his record, despite uh, the frailty of Somerset's batting lineup this year, is still pretty good. Uh, just over a thousand runs, an average above fifty five hundred, a high score of one hundred and fifty. Uh, that, with his uh, tactical nous and his ability to marshal a side, I think um, make him a, a staple of my team. Uh, batting four uh, for me uh, is Chiteshwa Pajara, uh, and an excellent season at Sussex for him. Again, uh, often bolstering a frail uh, batting lineup, over a thousand runs. Uh, an average uh, above 100, I believe, a uh, high score of 231. And as an overseas player for Sussex, I think he's been exceptional. That combined with his wealth of international experience uh, means he's a valuable addition to any county side. Um, and again, knowing what county red ball attacks are like and knowing 
how the pitches tend to vary. I think having a one to four uh, that can do the similar jobs and be largely interchangeable is quite important to be a proper attritional uh, county lineup. Uh, my number five is Sam Hain. Um, there doesn't seem to be much doubt, I think, about his inclusion in this uh, fancy side. Um, all the reasons already stated, I think he's a, a very destructive batter and making up the engine room at number five is going to be a really integral part of any county championship side. So I think I go from the attritional to the sublime uh, in my middle order. Uh, plenty, I think, to 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 build an innings around there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously, Nick, I'm interested here. Why did why did Tom Haven not make your side before I, of course, go through my my side in a minute? Yeah, I, I mean, I think in terms of the numbers um, and whilst the averages only tell part of a tale, his, his average is not up, quite up there with the, the Sam Haynes of this world. I think uh, Tom A was averaging probably around, around about 54, if I recall correctly. Sam Hain at 63, Dal at 73, uh, Brooke at 107. But it's not just a numbers thing. You look at when he got his runs now. I think out of all those players that I've mentioned, he probably got one of the most impressive hundreds. He made his 150 against Surrey, eventual champions. But um, I know two were against Northamptonshire, uh, one against Yorkshire, one against Gloucestershire. And um, Surrey apart, did he actually make the hundreds in, in, in the games against the Hampshires and, 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 the, and uh, the Lancashires? So maybe a bit harsh. But um, and certainly not uh, su- suggesting uh, he's cashed in against the in- inferior attacks. I'm big fan of Tom Abel, um, very good captain. But um, yeah, certainly on the shortlist. But I just felt the other three had uh, done a bit more. The, the other player I was going to mention as well, um, for, for similar reasons, Johnny cited about Tom Abel was um, Stephen Mullaney, captaining his team to uh, the county championship. And, uh, some might think not should be up the business end of Division 2, but again, um, scored a lot of runs, averaged over 50, chipped in with vital wickets as well. So um, he was another one under consideration. No, no, absolutely. But I think I will come back to you. Obviously, Tom Owen did score back-to-back hundreds and two innings uh, against North Hampshire in the game that Somerset needed to win to survive and stir from Division 1. So obviously that was quite a, quite an important moment for him scoring his uh, back-to-back hundred there. So obviously in my team, you'll be no surprise to see if batting at three is Tom Abel. And he'd be leading the charge there. Absolutely. I think he was, for me as a Somerset fan, was probably the standout of all the players this season with the bat. Well, there wasn't really much success with the bat for Somerset. So that, for me, is where he, he stands up. He's been counted. He goes from there. I completely agree with you with uh, my number four is Harry Brook coming in. And I think that's an absolute spot-on move. And then, obviously, my final choice is then Pajara as well. So I've gone free Tom Abel four Harry Brook and then five Pajara. So that is where we're at at the minute. So obviously from that then, we need to come to a decision then who's making the Let's Talk Cricket Free Valleys Radio County Championship side of the year. And going through the sort of list of names that have been gone, that have come through, Sam Hain is a definite in. He's three out of four. So he obviously makes a place in the, in the side. We've then got um, Duckett, Madsen, and Dell all on one vote. So I think we can safely say they're crossed out unless anyone's going to decide to move ship anywhere else. No. Okay. So then obviously those two votes then come to the two remaining votes come to Pajara and Tom Abel is everyone happy about that? Or would anyone like to argue a case against it? I, I would have had Harry Brooke if you didn't have him in George. Okay. So you were going to go Harry Brooke anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's had, he's had a, 
brilliant year, isn't he? And oh. he's going to be, be an England player to come in all formats, I'm sure. Yeah, so hold on. Um, actually, no, sorry, I've miscounted that. So it's um, it's two two votes for two votes for Harry Brook, two votes for Abel, two votes for Pajara. So we're going to have to make a who's who's not making the cut. Um, I'll go to each person. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. Who's not making the cut? Uh, Pajara, and um, despite what you said about Sussex and their struggles, I think the pitch is. Uh, down at Hove, were reasonable to bat on, and um, a player of Pajara's quality, you'd expect him to excel in uh, Division Two. Whereas, um, as you rightly say, Tom Abel is facing um, better attacks. So, on that basis, and, and for his captaincy, well done, Tom Abel. Joy, I'd say Tom Abel loses out just to see the look on your face as your heart breaks. Uh, but I think, on balance, uh, Pajara uh, is is the, is the one weak link in my. Uh, County Championship side, so I would be inclined to lose Pajara over Tom Abel. And then Matt, yeah, no, I completely agree. So, like I said, I would have had I would have had Harry Brook, but yeah, Tom Abel over Pajara for me, definitely. Okay, and then obviously that's unanimous because I'm not getting rid of Tom Abel. <laughs> sure. So I'm going to do Tom Abel three. Um, I'm going to do Harry Brook four, Sam Hayden five. Okay. Are we now at the stage where we're thinking about an all-rounder or are we at the stage where we're thinking about our wicketkeeper at this point? Where would you like to go next? Johnny, where would you like to go next? Uh, I went with my wicketkeeper rather than an all-rounder. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really have any all-rounders, but I've, just, I've got three bowlers that can bat a bit uh, to sort of bolster my lower order. Okay. Uh, so where would you like me to go, George? Do you want me to go keeper and then a couple of my, I know, my I think... slogging bowlers? I think let's go with keeper. Let's just do yep. the keeper. Just the keeper. We'll go from there. And obviously, why is it important to have a really good keeper, Johnny, in the Red Bull, Red Bull game? Uh, well, uh, I don't know, George. You should have asked the wicketkeeper. Um, I, th- I would say, uh, particularly uh, in, in the Red Bull game in the UK, early season, green pitches when the ball is moving an awful lot. You need that experience behind the stumps. You're specialist wicketkeepers who know the conditions and can play uh, particularly effectively. Um, I think in the UK, wicketkeeping is is even harder, uh, particularly because of that moving ball. And even on some of the pitches recently, uh, where we're starting to see decks that are prepared specifically to take spin, uh, Taunton a few years ago, although I think you were fine for that, uh, and Essex uh, this season, where I think they've made some deliberately turning decks. Uh, it can save you an awful lot of runs. I think having that ability and that talent behind the stumps is 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 worth its weight in gold, uh, which is why I went uh, for the best gloveman in the country, Ben Folks, uh, who keeps in my side. Now it was a tough call between him and John Simpson, uh, but I think Folks edges it out just for that. It, let's call it star quality. Although from a good wicketkeeper, you don't tend to notice them uh, because they're doing their job particularly effectively. Uh, but Folks, for me, I think makes my county championship team uh, largely on class alone. So I'm going to completely disagree with you and I'm going to go on the complete opposite side of the fence. Yeah, Ben Folks, you know, he's had an all right season, you know, probably the best gloveman in the country. 44 catches, one stumping. But John Simpson, for me, I want a bit more batting in my county championship side. And obviously, John Simpson for Middlesex, really strong with the bat, you know, 947 runs, 300s, 550s. He's taken the same amount of catches and has done one extra stumping. So for me, it's got to be John Simpson. Obviously, been a really good season for... Lots of other sort of keepers, you know, 
been, I was a little bit disappointed by Ben Brown at um, at Hampshire and how well he's gone. Because obviously, right at the start of the season, I thought that was a really good signing. But I think actually he hasn't come to fruition that we perhaps would expect. But no, John Simpson for me is where I would go with my wicket-keeping gloves. Uh, Nick, I saw you nodding, so I'm hoping you're backing us up there. Yeah, absolutely, 100%, George. Um, if there was any doubt in my mind, even that 1% or 2% that it wasn't John Simpson, um, I might have given a shout-out to Chris Cook at Glamorgan. And um, he, he continues to score a barrel load of runs for Glamorgan. Um, I think took three or four more dismissals than Johnny Simpson. But John Simpson, 48 dismissals, 1,039 runs at an average 64.93. But it's not just... Um, his stats, which for, for me make him the best keeper in the county championship this past season, uh, it's the circumstances where he's come in and had to make runs. And the Middlesex top four haven't always delivered. And um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but John Simpson has come in with the team under pressure a lot of time, finding himself at the wicket at 50 for four, and then going on and making big 50s, hundreds. Um, in a way that Adam Gilchrist used to do for Australia 25 years ago. So, John Simpson, Adam Gilchrist, same breath, decision made. And Matt? Uh, yeah, obviously the main two are Simpson and, and um, folks. Obviously, folks played obviously with England as well. Um, <clears throat> strangely, because obviously you had, you had John Simpson, I went for someone who you just said it didn't have a very good year, but I went with Hampshire's Red Bull Batter of the Year, uh, which is Ben Brown. Um, didn't have an amazing year, but I just felt that the amount of times, very similar to John Simpson, you know, he started off opening the innings and really struggled and then dropped down. And the amount of times he sort of came in, um, particularly at home with Hampshire, sort of been blown away with a top order, like 50, 60 for five, you know, um, and actually played some really important innings and fairly decent behind the gloves as well, uh, with the gloves when you've got uh, a bowling attack of Abbott, Abbas and Barker nipping the ball around everywhere. So, um by no means do I think he's had a better season than Folks and, and Simpson, but uh, I just try to go for a little bit one that was slightly different to you. But yeah, John, John, John Simpson's had a great year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's the decision made. John Simpson is our is our wicketkeeper for our Let's Talk Cricket uh, Team of the Year. I think now we're going to go to uh, seven and eight. And obviously from seven and eight, I'm probably thinking a bit more sort of bowling all-rounders or bowlers that can hold, hold a bat. And Nick, I think I'm going to come to you to start with that one. Yeah, I've probably got four players that could bat anywhere between seven and ten. So it's a bit, a bit of a tricky one here. I'm conscious that um, one or two of the players I might mention at nine, ten, Jack, uh, could do a job at seven or eight. But um, I, I'm going to do it, therefore, in oh, runs scored by my batsmen from, from seven down to ten, according to how many runs they got our season so number seven i'm going to have the evergreen keith barker 14 games 595 runs but what an effort to spearhead hampshire's attack along with kyle abbott Mohammed abbas um during the uh, entire season uh, i say to play all those games 52 wickets at an average of 22.38 um an absolute match winner for hampshire not much more i can say um so keith barker 
maybe a little bit higher up, but um, given, I, I think the 595 runs are important because given some of the conversations we've had about Hampshire's batting, Matt saying they often found themselves at 60 for five, reliant on the Browns, the Dawsons, the Barkers to come good with a bat. Um, his contribution with bat and ball, absolutely immense. So uh, he, he's in at seven. And then, then at number eight, again, according to runs, and you, you could put this guy anywhere between seven and 10, um, Again, a bit left field. I've gone for Zafa Gohar of um, Gloucestershire. So played 11 games uh, for Gloucestershire. They obviously had a tough old season, but the guy's runs, again, absolutely invaluable. 493 runs, average of 27. Um, but uh, I like a left-arm spinner in my team as well. And I think just that orthodox left-arm spinner gives you something a little bit different. He took 47 wickets, an average of 28.4, which in a struggling team, in the top division was a fine achievement. So um, my, my number eight is Zafa Gohar. Uh, but I suspect as we get on to my choices for nine, 10, Jack, they might be players that uh, the rest of the panel uh, highlight as well. But um, let's let's see what they have to say. Uh, Matt? Um, as a batsman, I've gone... So Ben Brown was actually number seven for me. So my I had another batter and I've just choose, chosen four bowlers that are just going to blow you away on a green top in April. Um, so I actually had someone else in my batting lineup, which I think uh, Nick mentioned, which was Sam Northeast. Um, so again, a really good year for him, that 410 not out, which is just amazing. Uh, but 200s, um, sort of nearly 12, 1200 runs. But I just think it's just nice that he seems to have, after sort of nipping around a few counties and it didn't quite work out at Hampshire, which I just think is a massive, massive shame because he's such a good player. Um, it just seems that he might have found his home. So I'm actually quite pleased for him. And hopefully he can stay there and, and uh, do well. Because there was obviously the, the odd rumbling of a potential England call-up, you know, a few years ago. And um, like a proper player in all formats. So I really like him. Um, my first sort of like bowler slash can obviously is pretty decent with the bat. Um, someone who actually I've... Never been that keen on being in the England squad, but actually this season he's he's actually sort of really changed my mind. But you'll be pleased to know, George, it's Craig Overton. Um, just think he had a, an amazing year, really, with with bat and ball. Um, not scoring big, big runs, but sort of crucial runs, you know, when Somerset really needed them. Um, but again, it, not playing many games, but 36 wickets in, eight, in nine games, um, a best of seven for 57, and three five-wicket hauls and one ten-wicket haul in the match. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm starting to see the light with the the Craig over Overton hype. Um, so I thought he had a really good year for Somerset. So he would be my number eight. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, Matt. I think if he wasn't picked for England squad duties, I think he'd have got a lot more wickets this season. I actually think he'd probably end up on some of these websites where people could have picked them for teams of the year because they had an unbelievable spell. Where well, I think it was the Essex game, second game of the season, where he pretty much always got Somerset over the line on his own. And I completely, you know, I completely agree. I think uh, you know he's had a fantastic season, and I'm hoping he can he can build on there and build from that attack. And obviously, from a Somerset perspective, really quite excited about some of the younger players that we've uh, we've got coming through and signing quite recently. I think we've got a very exciting young attack that's obviously going to be getting better and better. And obviously, I know, I know we're not really talking about Somerset this evening. With this, but you know, I like to plug it. It's really nice to see that we've made some really good at signings with the bat, which I think could be really important. Which have obviously been the disappointing side of some such seasons, sort of going from there. So yeah, nice to see you've got Craig Overton in there and sort of gone into place. Uh, Johnny, 
Uh, much like Nick, I've gone for some batsmen, uh, some bowlers, I beg your pardon, who can bat anywhere between seven and ten, really. Uh, so Keith Barker, seven for me. Uh, don't really need to go into any more detail than Nick's already provided. Uh, bailed Hampshire out so many times with the bat and looked absolutely phenomenal with the ball all season. Seems to be getting better and better the older he gets. Uh, and my number eight, uh, my spinning option uh, is uh, Simon Harmer. Uh, again, I think the quality that he brings, the control that he brings uh, is so important. I think he was criminally misused by South Africa in their test series this summer. And I think, again, has lost out uh, on uh, a decent uh, end to a county championship where he already took uh, 50 odd wickets uh, and again, proved his immense value uh, to Essex. So, yeah, uh, seven, Keith Barker, eight, Simon Harmer. Thank you. And obviously, there will be no surprise for you to hear that Keith Barker does make my side. But it wasn't batting seven for me, it was batting number nine. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that a bit later. Batting seven for me was actually Ed Bernard from Worcestershire. And I think that's a really, really good signing. You know, just under 900 runs of an average of almost 60 with three centuries. So again, getting some really important wickets down the lower of the order. Having a career best of 163 not out against Nottinghamshire at Trent Bridge. Really quite important. Obviously, that was back in April. Whereas we could argue that's quite difficult to bat about for a long period of time. And obviously it's consistent. Um, so I would say consistent wicket tape and, and always often seems to bowl really well and get those wickets when Worcestershire miss him. I think in particular Worcestershire will miss Ed Bernard quite a bit. because obviously he's moving on to Warwickshire at the end of the season. So he made number seven for me with obviously 31 wickets and he's and just regular batting. I know he's been quite difficult at times when he, when he's sort of faced up against Somerset. I've always sort of admired him and gone from there. And obviously then my number eight was Simon Harmer. Again, scores scores quite important runs. Obviously scores runs when he needs to. But also, again, he's been an effective spinner throughout the whole um, whole last few years. 53 wickets this year of an average of 22.09. So seven is Ed Bernard for me and eight is Simon Harmer. As I said, my number nine was Keith Barker. And I think we've already gone into quite a lot of detail about uh, Keith Barker and his reasoning for there. And my number 10 was, in fact, Toby Roland-Jones. So I'm going to try and I think I'm going to roll this all together just to make sure we all get to that point where we can start to think. So I think you're absolutely right, Nick. You've mentioned that we're going to have some bowlers in different sort of positions. So I think if we take the whole rest of the bowling attack now and we sort of go into there, we can then start to explain a bit more further and try and pick probably a seven, a seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. But I think it's quite clear straight away seven's going to be Keith Barker. So that's going to be a clear stop that's already gone through into there and we'll come into that point. But obviously my number 10, Tony Roman Jones, uh, 67 wickets this season, average of 18.80. I mean, I'm really unlucky to have had um, injury problems when he when he came onto the scene originally for England in that South African series many, 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 many moons ago. But a fantastic player. Age 34, he's got a lot of experience and, I mean, just fantastic personal best from this season with 64 wickets. And, of course, there's a running theme with me, obviously, with double-barrel surnames. My final pick is Oliver Anil Darby. Darby. Um, apologies again for not being able to pronounce properly. And, obviously, my reasoning for that is, again, 51 wickets this season, a standout, a consistent standout performer. And, again, another really good sort of quick bowler that's going to take some really good wickets on a green top pitch in in England. So those are my picks. And Matt, over to you. Um, so I had, I, I just want to say, it's, I think it's very apt the fact that you lot have 
gone a, a batsman light. You obviously haven't been watching Hampshire all year where we needed another <laughs> five or six. Um, but um, I went with uh, Matt Potts, amazing break for a year. Um, so even though he only played 10 county championship games, 58 wickets, um, two 10-wicket hauls in a match, um, six five-wicket hauls and a best for seven for 40, and I think more than held his own for England, performed really, really well. Um Number 10, I had Kyle Abbott, because obviously if Barker doesn't get you or Abbas doesn't get you, then he will. Um, so again, 58 wickets, um, a 10-wicket haul in the match, four or five-wicket hauls. Um, I mean, didn't have his best year with the back, but can more than uh, hold his own as well. And then my number 11, someone who uh, I just think has just had a brilliant year for Essex was Sam Cook. Um, so 51 wickets. Um Jimmy's replacement, I think, when he goes for the England side for me. And Nick? Yeah, so a player, that we, uh, number nine, that uh, has already been mentioned, uh, which is Simon Harmer. Um, as you know, George, I like two spinners in a side. In fact, coming back to our Saturday cricket, I like four spinners in a side. Having, having had 36 overs of spin in a 45-over game uh, as we progress through August. But um, no, Simon Harmer, fantastic. There's nothing more I can, to say. Other than... Um, a couple of seasons ago, its number of runs just sort of dropped off a little bit. And um, I always got the impression that perhaps a player that used to get sort of 50s and the occasional 100 hadn't really done it with the bat this season. 396 runs, average of 26.4. Simon Harmer, still a fine batsman, as well as uh, uh, really the premier spin bowler in the county championship in my, in my eyes. Uh, number 10, Toby Rowland-Jones. Uh, and once again, for him to come back from th- that injury at the age of 34 with the motivation, fitness, the skill, the guile, um, I, I want to please uh, for, for Toby about in particular is as the season went on, he got stronger and, and he spearheaded that attack. Uh, to to clearly lead Middlesex uh, to promotion. And and if you look at the other options Middlesex had, whether it's Shine, Shah, Afridi at the beginning of the season, Ryan Higgins coming back in, um, no, Toby Roden-Jones, main man, whoever was alongside him, he he was a figurehead of that attack, just as he was in 2016 when they won the county championship with that um, hat-trick against Yorkshire on the final day. So well done to, to Roden-Jones and uh, hopefully a universal choice amongst all of us. Uh, and... Then on to number 11, um, and yeah, uh, a bit of a luxury really at number 11, but that is Matt Potts. I'm a firm believer that the county championship should be uh, really the the level at which we're looking at our players and saying, are they ready to move on to the England scene? I had some doubts because at the beginning of the season, it was a few good games and suddenly this England call up out of nowhere, but brilliant season for Durham, really proved himself on the international stage and uh, hopefully he can keep himself fit and take many more wickets for England in the future. And coming back to the point you've just made there, Nick, um, obviously a few weeks ago, England did their high performance review. Um, obviously, some of the changes they've suggested going there. Do you think Do you think the counter set at the moment is as effective as we would like it to be? I think it's undoubtedly a huge gulf between even Division 1 cricket and the teams at the top of Division 1 and Test, test Match cricket. Um, th- that, that's for sure. How you bridge that gap, that that is a challenge. Uh, And I think a little bit of concentration of talent within the top flight, it's something that I think if you get more of the best players in the top flight, it it can possibly help that. 
But uh, no, I'm certainly not suggesting that you want six team leagues or regional leagues or anything or feeder leagues up to the top flight. I think the same six teams playing each each other every year will be um, fairly boring. That's probably not the way to achieve it. But it's to get the right level of cricket, the right conditions, the right facilities. Um, it, sorry, when I say facilities in terms of pitches. And um, yeah, it, you've really got to try and make that competition as competitive uh, as you possibly can, but keeping it interesting for the cricketing public and, and the, the members, the clubs themselves. And then Johnny, over to you. Uh, no great surprises that Kyle Abbott makes my list. <laughs> Ably supported by uh, Barker and Abbas, uh, Hampshire all season, I think, forming uh, part of the, the three most potent fast bowlers in Division 1. Uh, Taby Rowland-Jones, again, largely interchangeable with a bat, I think, with Harmer and Barker. And then Matty Potts at 11. Uh, I'd say a fairly rinse and repeat bowling attack, uh, but definitely one of the best, I think, in the county championship this year. Toby Rowland-Jones for the control he's able to bring uh, and the regularity uh, that, that he provides as a, as a decent opening bowler for Middlesex. Matty Potts for that uh, surprise factor I think he brought to everyone this season and the, the really breakout season he's had uh, for Durham and for England. And Carl Abbott, uh, again, just seems to be getting better and better the more he's playing in the county championship with Hampshire. So three strong quick bowlers uh, to finish off my county championship team of the season. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, so it's, um, it looks like as such then we have got a clear line in mind. But obviously I want to make some, I want to mention some just some honourable mentions of, again, some other bowlers have had pretty good uh, seasons. So uh, Sam Connors of Derbyshire, 43 wickets. Um, Tom Bailey, 49 wickets, uh, Lancashire. Um, I think one of my personal favourites, just because I wanted to get this in, I've been waiting to get this in on the podcast for, for a few weeks, actually. Obviously, Michael Hogan, obviously, uh, retires after a 14-year career as a pro. Took 43 wickets this season at Glamorgan. Obviously played in the 100s well for the Southern Brave. And it was quite interesting. He's played 380 uh, matches. And his 14-year and career has never once been given out LBW. So I just thought that was quite an interesting stat that I'd like to give. And obviously, I found that quite amusing. Only a couple of weeks ago, he put on Twitter his uh, pads on uh, Twitter looking to sell them and sort of saying they've been barely used. So I thought that was just quite a nice little antidote just to touch on there. So um, and so based on votes that have come in, we've got uh, Keith Barker batting seven, number eight, Simon Harmer, number nine, Toby Rowan-Jones, number 10 is Matt Potts. And I'm just trying to work out our number 11, which I think we have got a clear decider based on the votes that I've been writing down, but I'm just going to absolutely double check. So um, it looks like number 10. So number 11, the last place in the side is going to go to Kyle Abbott. So Kyle Abbott finished off with two votes because Matt Potts, three votes, then Rome Jones, three, three votes, and Simon Harmon, three votes as well. So Kyle Abbott there. So my, I suppose my final decision, if that is the side, is there anyone that anyone would say, would argue should be the 12th player, player on in the side and should get an honourable mention into this pitch from perhaps players we haven't really mentioned for most, of this, for most of this evening. Nick, start with you. Yeah, so uh, quite interestingly, the county champions were Surrey. If I'm right in saying we haven't got a single Surrey player in our side. And um, I think firstly, you know, hats off to Surrey. They were the best team over the season. Um, 
clearly over 14 games with the exception of Lancashire would have gone unbeaten but um, it's quite interesting to look up the makeup of the team and they obviously suffered from English uh, sorry England call-ups and uh, injuries as well but they used a total of 23 players uh, over the course of the season you compare that with Hampshire who used uh, a squad of 14 players. So I think it's only natural that given that Kyle Abbott, Keith Barker, week in, week out, were turning out for uh, uh, Hampshire, whilst the likes of Jamie Overton, Tom Laws played sort of parts of the season, it's, it's only natural that uh, we should err towards uh, some of the other teams. So, well done, Surrey. But uh, the, the reason I bring that up is I went to a um, went to the Oval early in the season to see Hampshire, Surrey. We didn't know at the time in April that it was probably going to be a county championship decider. Uh, on that first day, I thought, thought Hampshire bowled reasonably well, put Surrey into bat, which possibly was a mistake. And uh, Ollie Pope made a magnificent 100. Now, Pope didn't play many games thereafter, but um, certainly deserves an honourable mention um, in terms of Surrey's efforts. And, and again, just coming back to, back to Nottinghamshire, I don't think we've got a Nottinghamshire player in the side either, have we? Um, and as uh, Division Two county champions, again, I thought... Uh, they did uh, tremendously well. Fantastic team of effort. The likes of Dane Paterson with the ball. Liam Paterson-White, I think, finished the top English spinner in the country uh, over the season in terms of wickets taken. We've, we've talked about Duckett, Mullaney, uh, Hamid. So, uh, you know, huge effort. L- Lyndon James, another one, big contribution there. So, well done to uh, Knotts, but um, no reflection that none of the players made the side. Matt, some final thoughts from you? Yeah, it's interesting, really. And like I say, when I drew up my team and then looked at your team, again, mentioned, you know, saw that we had no Surrey players in there. But like I say, it was such a big squad and such a, you know, such a deep squad as well. Um, but I thought Will Jacks has definitely had a good year for them. Um, so a couple of hundreds and averaging sort of 54. And, you know, we've seen him make his England debut in the 2020 side. But I, I think he is definitely one for all formats to keep an eye on in the future. Um, I did also mention, like I say, on mine, I didn't have a spinner. So Simon Harmer's obviously had a, an amazing year again. Um, obviously, with Chelmsford definitely designed to utilise him at the moment. But um, I think it was Nick who had uh, Zafagoa in there and Liam Patson white has been mentioned as well. So um, also that Rayan Ahmed had a, a fairly decent year for such a young, young guy as well and got his maiden uh, century as well. So it'd be interesting to keep an eye on him. Obviously, Leicestershire with no wins in the in the year, so they you know need a few positives. Um, but the performance of the year, I think, was on the very last day with Liam Norwell taking nine for sixty-two to basically single-handedly keep Warwickshire up against Hampshire. So uh, I mentioned to him he didn't play many games, but obviously when he did, he he uh, capitalised and kept them up. And then Johnny, your final thoughts? <laughs> My final thoughts. Uh, the player I I had as my 12th man uh, largely from an entertainment value as a Hampshire fan is James Fuller you're never really sure uh, which Fuller you're going to get whether it's the, the the big hitting lower order batsman who closes the eyes and swings from the hip uh, or the bowler who nips in with some handy wickets and to, to use that often overused expression make stuff happen uh, I think he was voted as Hampshire's players player of the season I can see why I think as my 12th man uh, James Fuller uh, makes the cut Thank you, thank you. And a big, big thank you to you, Nick, Johnny and Matt for your contributions. I very much enjoyed listening to the arguments there. So just a final final time then, the team that we've selected as our team of the year for the county championship goes as follows. Uh, number one, Keaton Jennings. Number two, Sharma Sood. 
Number three, Tom Abel. Number four, Harry Brook. Number five, Sam Hain. Uh, number six, John Simpson, who will be taking the wicketkeeping gloves. Number seven is Keith Barker. Number eight is Simon Harmer. Number nine is Toby Roland Jones. Number 10 is Matt Potts. Number 11 is Carl Abbott. So that is the side that we have selected. Of course, listeners, if you disagree or agree with that, we will be putting this out on social media for you to get your response to this. So please do feel free to upload your um, your starting level as well and see whether you agree or disagree with our arguments. I suppose the one last thing I need to do, I'll say again, thank you very much to everyone. It's just one quick word answer, just to just to confirm I know who the captain is for this side. Uh, Matt, who's captain? Uh, it, would, it would be Tom Abel. Okay, that's a vote for Tom Abel. Uh, Johnny? Oh, don't make me say it. <laughs> it's, uh... it's Tom Abel. It's Tom Abel. Okay, and then Nick? can't believe the guys are falling for it. I'm going for Simon Harmer as my captain. <laughs> as a count, as a, someone who's won the county championship, the skipper. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm afraid democracy's worked all evening very well. So the final vote for me goes to Tom Abel. Tom Abel's <laughs> the captain. There we go. Look at that. That is the side. Uh, thank you very much. We will see you this time next week on Let's Talk Cricket. That's all from us from now. Uh, have a very nice evening. Goodbye. <laughs>